Life After the Fight is a show that speaks to everyday issues pertaining to our mind, body, and soul. We will address topics ranging from mental health, self-care, fatherhood, family, relationships, and more. Our goal is to encourage listeners to keep fighting through the obstacles, challenges, and struggles. The focal point is simple. Seek a fresh perspective, become teachable, and improve your overall health and wellness. If you're craving more growth and development, this podcast is for you. All right, Rick. Hey, Rick. <laughs> good to be back, man. Yes, it is, man. Hey, good, 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 good. Tell me what's what's new since the last time we saw each other. Man, um, my kids are back in school. Um, my oldest is in second year of college. Oh, my wow. youngest, my youngest just started high school. So I'm excited because um, I'm just interested to see how their transition, you know, okay. is going to play out over this next year, and um, just enjoy being a father and seeing them grow, man. So you get to watch on the sideline. Oh, yes. next generation, definitely beautiful. <laughs> what about you? Uh, wow. Because we had a little bit of a, a hiatus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I flew my mother out here for three weeks. Oh, how, how was that? Oh, it was great. Got to spend some time with her. Uh, you know, the most interesting part about this particular trip was, and I don't know if you're experiencing this yet or not, because mm-hmm. your mother lives in the area, but Seeing the woman that raised me getting old or older is a very interesting journey or trip in and of itself. Because mm-hmm. I'm watching this person that I remember from when I was a little boy. Now I have to walk with a walking stick, not getting things that I say as quickly, or response times yeah. a little slower. Yes. And the activity level has come way down. So a lot of things that we would have done, you know, years ago, we can't do now because we'll get a few feet. She'll go, well, I'm tired. I need to rest. Definitely. And so the reality or uh, of our mortality comes into play because I'm looking at her now and I go, wow, that's how my kids are now seeing me from back then and raising them. And at some point, they're gonna, if I, God permit, let me live long enough, will be audience to what I'm seeing with her. That's a, that's a good idea. And so it was just very interesting yeah. to see that, yeah. you know, certain things that, certain movements she makes now that I look, when I saw my wife, I said, wow, you know, mom, mom's getting, she's getting older. And she goes, yeah, well, you know, God willing, we'll all get there, and that's a blessing. I said, yeah, but it's just a little different when you watch a person from when you were a little kid, and you saw them as an adult, and then you become an adult, and then you see the time transitions us all from level to level. And it was just a very interesting thing to see. That observation, man, is, um, is, is I can relate to that, because... You know, seeing my father and my mother, both of them in age as well, and observing the dynamics of their energy level, but also their response level. 
And I can relate to that because when I spent time, you know, with my father, you know, a while back during the summertime, early part of the summer, I noticed that I had to repeat myself a couple of times, right? right. And it's not that he couldn't hear. It's right. just that the response wasn't as quick as normal. But then also what I noticed too was observing him spending time with his dogs, right? Two dog, two little dogs. And I observed, and I was talking to my kids about it, and I was saying to myself, you know, they always say that pets become the best friends and the surrogate kids of our parents right. when we're growing and out the house. Right. And I was able to see that, and I saw how he had so much love and connection with those dogs, and those dogs loved him back. And just to see him connected and him talking to us, you can tell that he's in that place of, as I'm getting older, I don't want to be alone. So these these dogs are like helping me stay afloat and helping me stay, you know, um, um, just his comfort. It's comfortable. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's amazing, you know. And just listening to him talk and 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 you know talking to his grandkids and talking to me and my brother and and just the conversation conversation is much different because as they're getting older, right. they are understanding that their time is limited. Yep. But in, in that time, they want to be able to take advantage of as much as they can while they're still here and try to embrace everything that's close to them. And I, it was just this interesting dynamic. And I'm like, like you said, God willing, my kids are going to look at me the same way. Same way, same way. And it was just surreal. I was like, wow. I was like, me being in my 50s, I'm like, I don't feel old, you know, I feel still right. young, but I'm like, God willing, when I get in my 70s, and, you know, how are my kids going to look at me? You know what I mean? So that's just an interesting dynamic, man. And uh, I, I thank you for sharing that because I think just the realness of what you're saying about how, you're, how, how you looked at your mom this time around during the trip, you saw something totally different than you saw before. And it caused you to think about how your kids or your kids will look at you, exactly. you know, and it, yeah, it's just, it's a dynamic, man, that you can't really wrap your mind around per se, but you just kind of just say, you know, let me just try to enjoy as much as I can. That's why I always tell people, if you have loved ones that are still alive, make sure you try to spend as much time as possible, or at least reach out as possible, because you can't get the time lost back. Well, that's what I want to say to our audience, you know, and this is not part of the topic tonight, yeah. but I just want people to understand that the three weeks that I had her out here, initially, I had this whole itinerary of what we were going to do, uh, yeah. but once she got here and I saw things were being a little different, what yeah. I realized is what was most important was just spending the time, mm -hmm. having the conversations, whether they were relevant to now or yesteryear. But just spending time, because as we get older, you never know if that time was the last time. So you make know. the most of that time. Yes. So anyway, getting to, uh, uh, I, I don't want to bring our audience down with that. Come on, we're about to get up. We about to, I want to hear this topic. I want to hear this topic so, that you got. The today. topic. Come on, man. Bring it in. Bring it in. Is living in the human condition. And now, Ricky, the reason I brought this up for the night's topic, the human condition, is because as I talk with people, 
whether it's clients I'm coaching or just people I run across on the street, mm -hmm. the human condition is tantamount to being a disease for a lot of people. And so that got my wheels to, to rolling a little bit. And uh, I, I wanted to, uh, where did I put my glasses? I just had them. There we go. All right. Because I'm going to read what I wrote. And what I wrote was the human condition <laughs> to me is figuring out what ails you, coming up with a cure, and understanding what caused you to negatively allow you to infect yourself in the first place. All of life is about self-discovery and not sabotaging yourself with what is revealed in the process. Accept what unfolds and use it as tools for progression during the rest of your life's journey. And the reason, and again, I wrote that with the understanding of meditating and praying on what the human condition is to begin with for myself before I expanded it out to the audience. And what I discovered is in talking with people about the human condition, not one, and I would say 100% saw it as something tantamount to, and I, I like that word because it's, it's adjacent to, uh, what they perceive their lives to be. Some said, well, the human condition, you know, it's rough, it's tough, it's kind of like the rat race. And we go, oh, okay. So it's how you're defining what you're going through. I said, well, what if you defined it as the human condition is being at an amusement park. I get to ride on as many rides as I want to until I figure out which one I like the most, and then that's the one I'm going to ride. Or it's like going to a dance and hearing my favorite song over and over again because that's what I like to dance to. I said, that's great. But then on the flip side was people were saying, well, yeah, it could be like going to a dance, but what if they play all the songs I don't want to hear? Mm. Well, then I would say, find yourself a different dance hall yeah, because it's your choice. So I just want to know, what do you think about the human condition? I, you know, that's, that's a that's a very broad topic that we can spend hours and days <laughs> digesting. But for the sake of the show, um, I really believe that people generally look at the human condition as a settling camp. Um, and what I mean by settling camp is that whatever they're born into, most likely that's where they're going to um, lay their hat or that's where they're going to um, develop from. Um, I think the human condition um, has a lot of influence, but also, too, the foundation, unfortunately for some, yeah. has already been set for them. Okay. So they have either, A, been forced into a setting that they never really had a choice of deciding in the first place, or... Once they did get into that place, they had an opportunity to escape it, you know, and run from it. It's kind of like it's kind of like a, a runaway, okay. you know. I don't want to be here, so I'm just going to run away and go do my thing. Or you have young kids who get together, they, they elope because they know either a they're not going to be received or everybody's not going to approve of their decision, mm -hmm. so they're going to make their own decision. So I just believe that the human condition. Um, has been a in a complacent state of you kind of get in where you fit in and you kind of do what you want to do. However, it's really derived from what they see themselves as into a society that they have to still try to figure out. You know, and when you try to figure out something, you're going to 
go in and out of different types of streams of trying to figure things out and understanding them. And then once you find something that fits, then you then you roll with it. However, you have some people who are just they're just happy just to be settled in and they just they just kind of fall into line what was already been established, just like taking over the family business. You know, you know, our, our generation, for example, if you look at our parents, they were hard workers. And generally, they talked about how either A, they're following suit of what their father or mothers taught them, or they had to create something because their father's mother was were not in their lives. And so after a long period of time, that's all they know. And then you have this, down the next generation who either A, can either pick up the pieces and continue on or create their own synergy. Okay. That's good. And, you know, I, I was thinking about that, and it's interesting because I was talking with our show's producer earlier before he started the show and I was giving him a little background on myself because he says oh well, I forgot how we got in the conversation but we were talking about I'm not from here and for those that are listening we're in Los Angeles now but I came from Washington DC and I moved out here when I was 24 years old and uh, I had an agenda a life's agenda that I was pursuing so for me my Human can humanness and human condition. I looked at life through rose-colored lenses, mm. sort of with a Pollyannic view to life. That hey, life is my oyster or my pearl, and I'm going to get out here and I'm going to do whatever it is that I want to do and figure it out, and not be uh, anchored, confined to my humble beginnings. And so I, you know, it's all about. I mean, as, as all of life is, it's about perception. But my perception at the time, and still is now, was that being raised by a pastor, I clung to the fact that we're spiritual beings in a human environment, human body, physical, yes. tactile world. Yes. So with those things being in mind, I just realized that, you know, I, I looked at it as God being my creator is giving me the opportunity to take a ride on or in this whole big amusement park. Case in point, um, and this is a segue, I guess, a little bit to when I hear people say, oh, wow, you know, uh, we're from the Appalachians, uh, the mountains, and uh, we're ninth generation. And I had someone literally say that to me, and I said, well, good for you. Uh, but are you proud of that? And the person said, well, yeah, you know, this family, this land's been in our family nine generations. I said, no, that's fine. I said, but in those nine generations, how many family members ventured out to the rest of the world? And he looked at me and said, well, you know, because we're nine generations, we don't really care about the rest of the world. I said, well, to me, that's kind of like saying God invited you to his house and you just stayed in the foyer. You didn't see the bathrooms. You didn't see the rest of the bedrooms or anything. My point being is, it's a yes. big, wide world. Why didn't you have at least a little imagination or curiosity to want to see a little bit of it? You come back to this nine-generation plot, plot, spot, whatever, but go out and explore. See other things. You might like something else you see. So that's part of the human condition. It's something that we said a couple of shows back that I mentioned. I said, you know, when you use the word, I'm only human, start thinking of it in a positive frame of mind That's and not in a negative not frame a negative. of mind that, oh, well, you know, I'm only yes. human. Because most people will say, I'm only human as a 
not reason, but an excuse for some misgiving Justification. or yeah. some failure. Yes. Yes. Why can't you say it for some achievement? <laughs> something great you've done. Well, you know, I, I'm the first in my family to go to college. Well, you know, I'm only human. Say it with pride. Yeah. Say it with some kind of umphine, some enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. But most people I talk to, when I bring up the human condition, it's always some kind of failing. Like, uh, I, I mean, some people literally, <laughs> I, I thought when I said, so what do you think about the human condition? Uh, it might as well have been cancer or heart disease. Because that was their experience with life. Like, oh, it's been so rough. It's been so hard. It's the hard drive. Right? And I go, well, yeah, it's the hard you do drive. understand. You, your entire life, even though we're told good, bad, and all kinds of other things, it really boils down to one thing. Choices. What choices are you making? You don't like your job? Find a different one. You don't want to go to school? Find something, an alternative path to wherever you want to go. If school's not your thing, I get it. But, and I say this with all conviction, never complain if you don't have a solution. If you haven't figured out a solution yet, keep your mouth shut. Figure out for whatever ails you, figure out what can fix you, and then go towards that. But to sit and just complain about something does nobody any good. But let, let me tell you, you talked about something earlier. There, there's a there's a human disease that is so visible that people are still blind blind enough to see it, and that is the disease of of negative thinking. Um, you have a lot of people who are so negative and so um, far behind their truth. And when I say their truth is Instead of formulating their own opinion or own understanding idea about what they might want to do, they focus on what others didn't do or blame others for not doing what they should have done. Example, well, since my dad was da-da-da-da or my mom was da-da-da, I wasn't able to da-da-da. Well, first of all, you, you, when you became an adult, you have now the power to make changes and, and choices. But I think a lot of people suffer from this human disease of making of having excuses in their life, and when they I call it deflection. Yeah, it is deflection. No, it is deflection. <laughs> but but the deflection is instead of accepting the responsibility or where they're really at, they so quick to blame the other person. And then when you blame the other person, like you said, hey, I'm only human, man. I'm just well, you don't get a pass just because we're all human. Right. There, there's no, we all human. And yes, even though we're all human and we're all imperfect, we all have the ability to make change if we desire that. It's a way of thinking. But the human condition, so many people have so many excuses. And I'm talking about the drive. I believe that everybody's hard drive has a certain amount of gigs in it. Some have the, the less amount of gigs, so that means they have less storage. As far as what they're going to retain. You got others with a large amount of gigs where they have a lot of storage. So what I'm saying is everybody is operating on a different hard drive. And it's up to that individual to be able to utilize whatever they have. And if they don't have enough, then it's up to them to upgrade. Upgrading your way of thinking. Upgrading the way you respond and, and, and act towards people. But at the same time, what is your real drive? What are you really trying to accomplish in life? What are you trying to obtain? And are you going to spend most of your time 
deflecting or making excuses to reason why you're not where you are or what your parents or whoever was before you didn't do. And the human condition really sits on, well, I can't help it because I didn't have the opportunity. I did, well, yeah, I, I can tell you some stories of some homeless individuals who are now millionaires. And I can tell you about some people who didn't know their parents and they have big, huge companies and they have a great family. It's all because they took their situation and they said, you know, my motivation is to not repeat history. My motivation is to not do the same thing that was done to me, but to be able to do something much better. So I just really believe that the mindset and the way people think in the human condition is just negativity and not being able to take responsibility, but therefore making excuses as to the reason why their life is the way it is. Because like you said earlier, it's about perception. They need to change their perspective on life and and, and not have the same perception that they were you know, initially, initially um, uh, given as they were growing up. That's good. I, I, I was just, you know, as you were speaking, I was thinking about everything you were saying about the programs and everything. And it just made me think about, and this is just a question you don't necessarily have to answer. This is what I, I want for our audience to hear is, I'll use myself as an example. I won't implicate the people who I'm talking about, but people that I grew up with, I won't say their names, but they're living in the same area. Some of them went to school, went to college, got their degrees or whatever, working in good places and so forth. And made the choice to work within a 50-mile radius of where we had our start in life. And I'm bringing this up to say, you know, we all have a choice to where we want to live, what we want to do, and so forth. But what I discovered with a lot of them through conversations was they would say to me these words, like, wow, you know, I can't believe that you did what you did and you moved way out there. You didn't know anybody. This, you that. Wow, you you kind of like a hero to us. And we talk about you here a lot. And my thought that goes to my head with that is, we all had the same choices that we could have made. But what makes one out of a bunch make a choice that's so different from all the rest? And my conclusion that I came up with was fear. That a lot of people don't make choices to do what they think they really want to do because they're simply afraid of, well, what if it doesn't work out? Work out. And my thought is, my thinking at that time was, well, what if everything worked out for me? <laughs> and that was my real feeling. Well, what if all this stuff works out for yes. me? What if I go out and I get this and I get that and I do this and I do that? But I realized. That's such a just rare, but almost an unheard of, unspeakable situation for most people because what I've discovered that even through your parents and through their peers or our what we call our elders, they speak to us a lot of times from their fear and insecurity and not from what we could. What they can't see, what we see is opportunities. Opportunities. Yeah. They see fear and insecurity and go, well, I don't know if I do that. And so that becomes part of the human condition and disease 
that continues to penetrate and um, bring to fruition that ongoing cycle or circle of maybe uh, not excelling or succeeding where maybe family members could go and grow because we quench, not quench, that's the wrong word. We quell the growth of a lot of our young based upon our feeling and experience of what we thought could or could not be. Yeah. And so I've accepted the mantle of my human condition is my is not my condition, but my experience, my wonderment, my imagination, my curiosity for life. And I think that for a lot of people, if they could put those words into their human condition, they could expand it and not see it as a disease or something negative, but something to constantly explore. I think, and I, Ricky, I want your, your opinion on this. I think that if more parents instilled in their children that your human experience should be as such that you know whatever you put your hands to do will never be complete. It won't. And since it will never be complete, I think you would live your life differently knowing that whatever I do, if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, you're never going to finish being a doctor. You're never going to finish being a lawyer. You're never going to finish being a painter. As long as you're doing it, it's always in progress. It's always in flux. So since you're going to do that, find some things that you want to continue to do. Maybe you do want to be a lawyer today for a finite amount of time and then decide later on, I think I want to be a florist. I think I want to be an artist. <coughs> Excuse me. Whatever. But just give yourself those options and don't box yourself in. Because the worst thing you can do is box yourself in as a human being because we were meant we were created for growth and expansion. And so when it comes down to the human condition being tantamount to a disease or a negative thing, it just basically says to me that as a human being, you've set limits on yourself. And once you've got to those limits, everything becomes boring and all bets are off. So, so yeah. I don't know what's your thoughts well, on that? Well, since we, you know, are coming to the end of our show, because, you know, this was a, Topic that I said was going to take two or three or four days, but um, <laughs> it's summing up in a couple of minutes. Um, I, I just believe, and I agree with what you said, however, I do believe that some people have set in their minds how they're going to look at things that they don't really truly believe they can conquer or um, succeed in. There's a lot of it, like you said, was fear. Um, there are some people who live their life fearfully. And they don't really believe that they're capable of doing anything outside of what they're already doing. And so for those people who are listening today, um, if you have a fear or a concern about what it is that you should be doing or what it is that you want to do, you just have to ask yourself, how far have you come as of today? Um, and what did it take for you to get here? Because if you ask yourself that question, then you'll know that you put in some type of work. You put in some type of effort. And 
you have been successful because you're still alive. And you're and you and you and you can always say to a person, my life can be a lot worse. If you look at the human condition, you have people right now, their main residence is living underneath a freeway. You have people who are living in their cars and their vehicles. You have people who don't have a roof over their heads. But they're still making their life the best that they can with those conditions. So when you look at other people's conditions and you look at yours, you have everything to be grateful and thankful for, but you still have an opportunity to improve and grow and be better. You just have to decide on the approach. You have to decide on what it is you desire. And like you said, George, yes, you may want to be a firefighter or a lawyer or whatever. And let's say you had dreams of being something, but let's say those things change. It's never too late. So it's never too late to go back to school. It's never too late to, uh, to try a new career. It's never too late because as long as you have breath in your lungs and as long as you're able to see and understand life and its forms, then you have an opportunity to make something of it. And the only thing that's standing in your way is yourself. And so, you know, Ricky, I appreciate you saying that for our audience. As you were saying that, you know, and, and those are all great points, by the way. The thing that I thought about, and audience, I really want you to right now do something that I don't normally ask of you to do. I want you to close your eyes for a second. And I want you to replace the word condition. I want you to keep human there, but I want it to be human state because a condition is a state. And what I mean by that is where you are mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. You can be in Michigan, you can be in Minnesota, you can be in Colorado, you can be in that's the geographical location you live in. But what I've discovered is that human beings live in varying states all day long. The state of happiness, state of contentment, state of joy, state of jealousy, state of greed, state of disappointment. In your human condition, ask yourself, what state do I feel most comfortable in? And what state do I want to reside in? With that, I'm sure you don't want to reside in a state of disappointment, frustration, enviousness, greed. You want to live in a state of happiness, joy, pleasurable experiences. Now, every day is not going to be Candy, butterflies, roses. We know that. We're more intelligent than that. However, look for those days as much as possible so that they can contrast the states that you don't like to be in because lessons are taught there about the states you don't want to be in so you can quickly get back to where you want to be. And with that, I think your human condition can flourish, grow, and put you in a place and on a path or a trajectory to where you really want to be along life's journey. 
Don't make it negative. There you go. Well, that's good. Well, I guess we summed it up. So as we're coming to an end, we just want to just say thank you again, audience, for allowing us to share some fresh new perspective. This is life after the fight. And we're just going to close out with that um, eloquent, you know, closing. And just give yourself a chance to be better today than you were yesterday. Until then, we'll see you on the next show. See you next time, people. All right. Have a good, good time. talking with you, Henry. All right.